Magic the Gathering is a difficult game, made even more so by the fact that you can talk to a longtime player and still walk away having no idea what they said. We're here to keep you up to date on Magic news and format changes just like your favorite FNM and boss would. Except you don't have to smile and nod when they talk about a hell-bent opponent. I'm Kyle, a tournament grinder and general modern enthusiast. I'm Anthony, a tournament grinder, FNM and boss, and lover of standard in spite of how much it loves to hurt me. And, and we're, we're the, the Goblin, Goblin Trash Masters. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Trash Masters podcast. I'm Kyle, joined by my partner in crime, Anthony. Say hello to the people. Hello. For our show today, we have two segments. And the first one, we're going to discuss the organized play and RC system changes that have happened. Mm -hmm. And if you would want to take it away, Anthony, explain exactly what is happening with this. All right. I know we've discussed this before, but I just kind of wanted to go in and do a little refresher on how this works. Local game stores can host their own RCQs or regional championship qualifiers. Winning, or in some cases coming in second place also, will qualify you for a regional championship. Those previously have been kind of the Wild West, and Mm -hmm. the stores can decide whatever they want the format to be for their RCQ, regardless of what the format for the RC is. So in practice, what ended up happening a lot of the time is stores were not confident in their ability to fire standard or even pioneer RCQs. And defaulted to modern, which meant it was modern season all the time, forever. We've Mm -hmm. talked an awful lot about modern because RCQs are where it's at for us at our level of play. And all of the RCQs were modern. This recent change means that the format for the RC dictates the format for the RCQ. With the exception being you can do limited if you want to. Which I think is a is a good thing all around. Because, you know, for, for, for our area, it's just been modern all the time. And if, you know, with these new changes, something, you know, the, the RC is going to be modern and we have a modern season. Awesome. That's fine. We know mm-hmm. the format. But right now, like, yeah, the past, you know, three or four events we've been to have been modern. But could be Pioneer. Like, there are some sealed events coming up for rcqs it's just kind of like one day i'm playing modern one day i'm playing pioneer there might be a standard one there might be a sealed one it's just it's good that it's you have some consistency going forward we're like this season's pioneer all right i'm gonna practice pioneer this season's modern i'm gonna do modern so on and so forth and not just like all right who knows what we're gonna play next weekend yeah i think that i was concerned about the formats kind of jumping all over the place within a Mm -hmm. season at first but as time has gone on, it just settled into modern. Because I know you said it was the last four for you. It was mm-hmm. the last 12 comp REL events I have played in. Have been oh, modern. wow. Oh, my gosh. 12 <laughs> in a row. So I feel like it did settle down. And it just settled down exclusively into modern. Now, I like that a, f- a format will be, it'll be modern season. And everybody's mm-hmm. talking about modern. But then it should also be pioneer season, where mm-hmm. everyone cares about pioneer. Yeah. And everybody gets to be on the same page about a different or at least discussing the same format. Mm -hmm. I think the real winners 
out of this change are your format specialists that yes. are not mm-hmm. modern format specialists, people that want to kind of play different formats, but maybe don't want to zig and zag back and forth to try and chase down things. They want to kind of get a few in a row mm-hmm. in and anybody that likes to play standard is a winner in this because there is a potential that somebody somewhere will run one of these things in the standard format. Yep. All great. The only people I see losing out on this are specifically people that only own modern cards. Mm-hmm. Or specifically only play one format, whether it be modern or pioneer. I mean, oh, net positive for people that only play pioneer. People that only play yeah. pioneer are going to get a lot more events than zero. Yeah, which is... <laughs> Yeah, so like I think the only people that lose out are the people that exclusively play modern. And mm-hmm. this makes sense to me from Watsy's point of view, right? They don't make any money off of modern players, right? Modern no. people who play modern <laughs> are so far removed from Watsy in the supply chain mm-hmm. that Watsy makes money in quotes off of modern players by modern players buying singles from stores or resellers that have bought those singles from players that have opened those singles from products that the sealed product has been bought from a store from a distributor from Watsy. Like that's so far. It's very, very far down the pipeline. (laughs) Everybody has gotten everybody's gotten their greater fool. Everybody's gotten their money out of that. But at the end of the day, if modern pops off, that usually doesn't translate to number big for Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, (laughs) it does make sense to me that they would want to highlight some of these other formats where more recently printed cards can be the focus. Because I we understand that things that have been relatively recently printed are dominating modern right now. Yes, very much. When I say relatively recent, I'm talking about two years. Like MH2, you know, they've, they're not making money off of MH2 cards spiking anymore. No. And it's crazy to me that that has now been like two years yeah. from, from now that that's, that's insane. It was like, that was yesterday, right? Nope. It's two years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> but for me, overall net positive, I think mm-hmm. for almost everybody. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I think it's a net positive. I really like it. And also it, it, it kind of solves that problem. I feel of like, oh, this store is doing pioneer or standard or modern. I don't like that said format. But in this case, we're just people who want to qualify. It's like, all right, I guess I'll play modern. Okay, I guess I'll play Pioneer. Like, there's that mm-hmm. that drive for the competitive scenes. Like, all right, this season's Pioneer. I'm not a big fan of Pioneer. I am, but I'm just saying in general. Like, yeah. uh, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of Pioneer, but I still want to qualify this season. I'll get the reps in, play Pioneer, and you know that it's going to be Pioneer for the majority of the events that you would like to play. In. Mm-hmm. Because if there was an outlier store that was running a Pioneer event in this current system, that outlier store is going to get lower attendance, not mm-hmm. because pioneer is a worse format but specifically because no one's going to build a deck for buy the singles build the deck if you're buying from tcg player wait a month and a half two months Mm -hmm. whatever for singles for a deck that you're going to get to play once yeah so formats being represented i think is very good now Mm -hmm. kyle we talked about recent cards absolutely dominating (laughs) and specifically mh2 dominating the modern format so and what i hope is going to be one of our last at least for the foreseeable future really deep dives into modern what i think would be a really good idea for us to talk about today is the cycle 
of elemental incarnations that were printed in Modern Horizons 2 because they're they're everywhere. They are fucking they're everywhere. everywhere. Every deck, there may be one, maybe two decks that just be like, you know what? Don't need to to play one of these or two in the the sideboard or like in the main deck. Yeah, the Gigantha decks. Yeah, or hammer time like it's just (laughs) you every deck you play in the modern format you're seeing at least one of these like Mm -hmm. most of them in the main deck but at at worst in the sideboard because they're just great and like you said we're gonna do a deep dive on this because we 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 have to because these cards are Mm -hmm. just insane yeah at one point in Living End, I was playing 12 copies of Elemental Incarnations. Mm-hmm. I was playing four Subtlety in the 75, four Grief in the 75, four Endurance in the 75. Um, so it's a little wild. One thing right off the bat, and we kind of hinted at it earlier, is that if they are playing the Big Moose, you know that you do not have to play around these incarnations. They are mm-hmm. all double color cost. Double pipped, yep. Yeah, so they cannot be in those Gigantha decks. And Hammer Time also isn't playing them because mm-hmm. the life gain from subtle, uh, from Solitude is pretty rough for them. But Kyle, why don't you tell us what these are? So if anybody's listening to the car, mm-hmm. they don't have to like look it up on their phone while they're doing stuff. So they know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to go in Wooburg order and we're going to start off with Solitude, which is these are all elementals. They're part of a cycle from MH2, the the set that's two years old now, which is I'm, I'm still I'm still not going to get over that. That's insane to me. But um, it's a three white, white elemental incarnation, three, two flash lifelink. When Solitude enters the battlefield, exile up to one target creature. That creature's controller gains life equal to its power. And it has the ability evoke where you can cast it for its evoke cost by exiling a white card from your hand. Um, and then it's sacrificed after. So in a sense, we, we call them the pitch elementals because you're pitching a card from your hand to evoke these. And this is one key line of text on the card. We're really going to talk about because this is what I feel makes them so, so impactful. Uh, so the next one would be subtlety. That one is two blue, blue for an elemental incarnation flash flying kyle it has flying subtlety has flying i played that get out of here awful lot before i realized that it had the text flying (laughs) when subtlety enters the battlefield choose up to one target creature spell or planeswalker spell its owner puts it on top or bottom of their library and it has that same evoke cost exile a card of its color so exile a blue card and it's a three three notably that is for a creature spell or planeswalker spell you do not get to spin random uh, creatures that are in play and it was worded that way specifically to not just do it's basically you have to interact with something on the stack when you cast uh subtlety mm-hmm. and Kyle, right. what about grief so grief uh, uh this this one it gave a lot of modern players grief when it first got spoiled and a lot of overreaction and it's like oh my god this card shouldn't exist it's crazy Magic players overreacting? I know, that never happens. Um, But Grief is a two black-black elemental incarnation menace. When it ETBs, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card and evoke, just like the rest of them. So it's just Thoughtseize on a body. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. And what about the, the... 
the red one, Anthony. Your favorite, Kyle. Oh, it is not. (laughs) Fury is a three red red double strike three three that when it enters the battlefield, it deals four damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures or planeswalkers. Um, So you've got four damage to split up however you'd like. And again, it evokes by exiling a red card from your hand. Yeah, it's just a, a, a board wipe on a body. Pretty good. <laughs> a board wipe or a flame like or a flame tongue kavu. Mm-hmm. Like also it's just a three three double strike. Pretty good, yeah. Now going to my actual favorite of the cycle, the green one. Mm-hmm. Endurance. So one green green elemental incarnation. Flash reach. When it enters the battlefield, up to one target player put all the cards from their graveyard on the bottom of their library in a random order. And then evoke, exile a green card. And it's a 3-4. A 3-4 with reach, which oddly lines up really well against everything else except for grief. I do think from a cycle (laughs) and a set design perspective, it's really cool that Solitude interacts. The white one interacts with a creature. The blue Mm -hmm. one interacts with stuff on the stack. Mm -hmm. The black one interacts with the hand. The red one interacts by dealing damage to small creatures. And the green one interacts with the graveyard. They're like the shittiest Power Rangers. (laughs) It's morphin' time. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, and it's it's funny. Like, the the first uh, topic we're going to talk about is actually the creature type of them being elementals. And, you know, for, for a while in the modern format, people played elementals, like, as a tribal deck or just certain cards in certain decks. But there was always those those tribal deck enthusiasts that loved elementals, loved that. And these just being great cards by themselves helped that elemental deck as well. But it also oh, just yeah, so much. It, it helped it so much and it spawned a bunch of different archetypes as well, just because how good these cards are. But it also spawned the in quotations, the elemental tribal decks, which that's a were, spectrum. Yeah. Like <laughs> when you say, oh, I play elemental control or like an elementals deck. It's like, okay, you have a few pitch elementals, Omneth and all the Teferis. Like it's a control deck, basically, yeah. you know, where it's just like, it's a, it's a tribal deck. Like, no, it's, it's a control deck with elementals in it. Yeah. There's like the, the control, the, the, the spell end of that spectrum, mm-hmm. which is I am playing expressive iteration, counter spell, Teferi, Ren and Six. Uh, Omnath and then a smattering of pitch elementals and then there mm-hmm. is the like flamekin harbinger yep creature 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 end of that the thing about it is that both of them are playing a pile of cavern of souls yep <laughs> and they Which... get to really mess with murktide Oh, yeah. Just uh, I think you and I both have been in that situation, just staring at a Cavern of Souls across from uh, specifically a Cavern of Souls naming elemental, just staring you in the face. And you just have only blue counterspells, just like it's your hand. It's just all mystical disputes, counterspell, spell pierce, like what whatnot, just like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm not doing anything. And I think the fact that them being creatures, too, Mm -hmm. is super, super impactful because it's just. You know, when you think of somebody pitching a solitude, it's like, all right, can't spell pierce that. It's just an ETB trigger. It's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. it sorts the plowshares on a body. And it's great in the, the early game in a control shell or a, a tempo shell. And, you know, when you get to five lands and you just have this 3-2 lifelinker, it's, it, gets, it's, it, gets, it gets tough. Yeah, It does feel great casting, hard casting every one of these. And it oh, feels yeah. great evoking them. Mm-hmm. Like at every point you feel like you're at, no matter how you're casting these cards, you feel like you're getting away with something. 
Yes. Whether it's like you, you evoke them and it's just like, you know, it's free real estate, you know, it's just a, a free spell in a sense, or you just, you just, you, I've seen you cast subtlety on four and just have it as a clock. Like oh, so, yeah. so much, like it's just so, so good. I probably playing living end, bring in subtlety, go up to four subtlety and then hard cast subtlety. Mm-hmm as like a tempo play to start clocking them. Mm. I probably do that more often than I should. Yeah. I like doing it so much. <laughs> it just feels so good. It just feels so good. And they have like keyword abilities that are super mm-hmm. relevant, you know, and the, I like how they did them within the color pie or like their, yeah. their color identity, uh, which is nice. It felt very good. It's just like but the ETBs, man. Oh, they're just so, so impactful. Like no matter how you cast them and like fury, I feel bad for all the creature players. Yeah. They have humans. to deal with this card. Just, humans is gone. Did Nobody's that. playing elves because fury Thalia, is guardian of Thraben. Oh, awesome. Here's, I'm going to evoke fury. Thalia is dead. <laughs> I'm a creature who gives a shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> just it's the, I feel so bad for just like those, those creature decks. It's funny. You know, we, we have talked about merfolk, on this cast with with Nikachu himself and it's like that's the only one that's left mainly because all the lords just pump everything and it's just like yeah and a they lot can of, survive it a lot of relevant stuff has two toughness mm-hmm. like <laughs> which is <laughs> which is funny because in in humans it's very possible for you to have four things in play and then them just hard cast a fury and you just get like you just have nothing to play for anymore one. Yeah, it feels really bad. Like how how much modern has changed, not just from like MH2, just like that whole set, just these five cards Mm -hmm. in particular. I think it's, you know, it it depends on who you talk to, you know, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that these these exist. I think it's a good thing. And just going back to the enter the battlefield triggers, I just I, I think what makes them so good with these ETPs and the evoke specifically is that you can respond to that. So you can double up on these ETBs pretty easily. Oh, yes. Or use or use like these creatures being evoked to your advantage. Whether like you're doing ephemerate with solitude, or whether you're doing like Malakir's rebirth and like things like that with the scam deck with grief or fury, or uh with with endurance and myself playing Yogmoth, a lot of the times I, I get a lot of value with just evoking endurance, get, getting rid of the 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 graveyard with the evoke trigger on the stack, sacking it to Yogmoth killing a one toughness creature and drawing a card. Mm-hmm. All right. We have the rankings of like our favorites, you know, what we think are the most powerful and probably not super surprising. Uh, our lists are pretty, mm-hmm. pretty similar. Yeah. My number five is grief. My number four is subtlety. Three is endurance. Two is fury. And then one is solitude. Oh yeah. And for me, it's the same thing except swap subtlety and grief. So my number five is subtlety. Number four is grief. Number three is endurance. Number two is fury. Number one is solitude. So we're basically the same on that one. Mm-hmm. I just think grief is inherently more powerful because it allows for more. It allows you to interact with your opponent more aggressively than subtlety does, which is fair. You know, I, I or more proactively, I should say. Yeah, I was. That was the the toughest one for me is to like what would be number five and number four because I mean uh, we'll, we'll talk about you know the top three for, for for like a little, a little more. Cause I just, I'm, I'm glad you and I have the same thing, but I feel like subtlety mm-hmm. we've talked about in the past too. It's kind of like the, the police of the cycle where it keeps all the other ones in check. Yeah. I, like honestly subtlety 
last week subtlety was my number one like as far mm-hmm. as where i wanted it. and subtlety is always number one to me on just like how much i love it it's my favorite you do it for um, subtlety it's got that yeah, little do picture it for, <laughs> yeah, do it for subtlety do it for subtlety one of the one of the common things is people trying to, i've played a lot of living end people try to endurance your mm-hmm. graveyard to keep you off of getting a bunch of cards back with living end you can then pitch cast your subtlety target their endurance while it's on the stack let your subtlety go to the graveyard subtlety comes back from the graveyard when you're juicy living and resolves now oh yeah and your subtlety gets another trigger that can put your shardless agent or whatever back on top so you're rolled up and good to go again oh yeah and the amount of times i've cast subtlety on a murktide mm-hmm. oh just chef's kiss it's so good it's so good and the fact that i don't know if you knew this anthony it has flying it has flying it has flying it's just so good <laughs> yep in general though i think it's not a coincidence that the what we had for number one and number two Mm -hmm. are both things that are able to answer creatures i think that kind of gives credence to the 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 theory that the the format's kind of contracting around the mid-range game a little bit more Mm -hmm. so being able to answer creatures is a big is a big thing being able to answer an early ragavan matters an awful lot an awful lot yeah and while you don't really want to pitch cast a fury or pitch cast a solitude to do it you will if you have to yeah and you know it's not the end of the world if you have to do that because like you said modern right now it's it's filled with so many impactful creatures which mm-hmm. i think is you know a lot of people say you know they don't like modern they feel it's too powerful it's just warped around these cards but it's it's a inherently fair format it's just now. it just has a lot of really 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 good cards in it yeah. but everybody it's it's just mid-range you know or control or just like you know some creature decks but you know <laughs> all right but uh lo- looking over you know what we've discussed with the elementals i think you and i feel the same way that these were a good thing for <laughs> for the format we we like we like these being in modern and you know i think overall you know I, like I'm I'm the modern guy here. Like I love that format. It's been one of my favorites for for a while. I think a lot of people got upset with MH2 because there's so many good cards, but lost the bigger picture. Where yes, all these cards are good. It's a non-rotating format like modern with a huge card pool. So there's going to be a lot of good cards, but none of these are unfair cards. They're it's good removal. Mm-hmm. It's good creatures. It's they're all fair. You know they may be really good, very aggressively costed. But there's there's nothing unfair about solitude or fury, endurance, subtlety, or grief. There's nothing really inherently mm-hmm. unfair about Ragavan. There's nothing unfair about prismatic ending. You know, there's nothing unfair yeah. about Dothy Voidwalker. They're just really, really good cards. Now, yeah, I think that most of the upset from that came from the fact that the non-rotating format rotated. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing because. But modern's been doing that for years, and that was that was standard sets that were doing it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like modern was getting rotated by, modern was getting rotated by just standard set printings. Like, yeah, before fi- like you can't even blame this on fire design. Yeah, but but before that, and you know, like just as, as an example, like just look at before MH one till now, that's. Like in in the grand scheme of things, it's not a very very long time. The format has changed so much yeah, over yeah. those years. Like, 
like drastically, whether it's new yeah. cards or bannings, like it's, you know, it's non-rotating, but it rotates. It, <laughs> it's a rotating format. It's a rotating mm-hmm. format. Like, please tell me about how you didn't get burned. You were able to foil out your Bant Coco deck. Please tell me all about how your humans deck is still relevant. It's very clear that this format rotates. Mm-hmm. Tell me all about your uh, Malira combo. Yeah. Are you still Kiki for Coco Cord? <laughs> I mean, yes, but I'm not going to play it. <laughs> and these are all things that you can't blame this on Modern Horizons. No. It is a feature of the format that as new cards get printed, old cards and old archetypes leave. Yeah. That's just how it works. Whether your format explicitly rotates or not. Believe me, I gave my electrolyzes a Viking funeral. And that's 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 tough for you. That's 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 your boy. <laughs> I, I put my playset of electrolyzes onto a paper boat and then sent them out into Lake Reba on fire. Thank you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> Someone was just like, what if they come back? And I was just like, they won't. They won't. But also uh, at this point, those electrolyzes are not legal to play because of how <laughs> worn they are. <laughs> They have a thumb hole. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're no good. All right. So, Kyle, I yes. saw your guessing game for yes. today, and I think it's very, very cool, but incredibly mean. Can <laughs> you tell everybody what your guessing game is for today? All right. So we are doing Future Sight, and it's modern unbanned, but there is one rule specifically for Anthony, and this is why he is upset. The one rule is Anthony can't pick mental misstep. Oh, well, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, because I knew you were just going to pick that, and it'd be, pick another card. <laughs> okay. Would you like to go first, since you're, since you're upset at me? <laughs> yeah. So, first of all, I think Max Chaos just unbanned mental misstep. Just, just, just Max it. Chaos. Yeah. Just um, fuck the rules. We're going. It's there's no laws. Ah, <laughs> uh, the card that I want to pick as being unbanned in modern. I'm going to give you two hints. Okay. At first, okay. The first hint is that this card fits into my overall normal theme and desire to spend as little time playing modern as possible. That's not to say I hate modern or any of that. Mm-hmm. It's just like I want to condense these games down as as much as I can and keep those games as short as possible. Okay. So this card would help with that goal if it were unbanned. And the second hint, and this may be giving it away, it is, I believe the card that has been on the modern ban list the longest the longest huh oh man. so it's been on the modern ban list the longest and it's you, you want to play this to end games quickly mhm okay is it a non creature spell it is a non creature spell is it a spell yes Okay. <laughs> I know that's a weird question but it's like I don't know if you're like giving me a deep fake out and it's like a land <laughs> No, um, it is it is a, it is a non-creature spell. Okay, gotcha. Uh instant? Yes. Is it red? Yes. Uh <laughs> Uh is pitching a card involved? Yes. But it cares what the mana cost is. But it cares what the mana cost is? Is this the card? Mm-hmm. Is it an X spell? 
Uh, yep. Is it from OG Kamigawa Block? Yeah. Is this Blazing Shoal? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I love it. Fuck it. Unban that card. <laughs> yeah, Blazing uh, Blazing Shoal. Target my Glistener Elf. Pitch Progenitus. Sick. <laughs> yeah. They had a modern event and they were like, oh no, we can't do none of that. Yeah, Sam Black pil- piloted that deck. Uh, and it was sick, but for for every all, not the uh, non old heads like us, can you read for everyone at home what Blazing Shoal does? <laughs> it is an instant arcane. Ooh, fancy! So you can splice onto it. Um, <laughs> red, red X. You may remove a red card with converted mana cost X in your hand from the game rather than pay its mana cost. Target creature gets plus X plus zero until end of turn. So you can pitch Progenitus. It gives your listener elf plus 10 plus zero or your blighted agent or your blighted agent who is unblockable. <laughs> That's a whole extra turn. <laughs> what one turn? Let's let's get out of here. I'm hungry. <laughs> I got shit to do. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, I would love to tell you sit here and lie to you and be like, yeah, I definitely like went on the play turn one glistener elf and they went turn one celestial colonnade and I blazing shoal killed them. But that would again be a lie i was the one playing the celestial colony yes you are the blue white stand (laughs) yeah so i think it would be cool to unban this card yeah that's that's one of those cards where i'm just like unban it it it's a goofy card i don't think it's too busted and if people want to do their fun blazing shoal infect stuff let them you know i don't think it's Mm -hmm. too powerful for what the format is now when early days of modern okay i can understand that but now, yep. yes, yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't really. We've got so. gut shot. We've got yeah. solitude. Yeah. Unholy heat. Even like, I mean, there's just, there's so much like, I mean, you could just, if you're, if you're scared of the, you know, turn one glistener elf blazing shoal and they play glistener elf and you're just like, okay, it's subtly, you know, there's like, you know, things that con there's so many yeah. different ways to combat it. And it's not like mm-hmm. infect is a top tier deck right now. I don't really think it will ever get back to that status, but you know, let people have fun. You know, I don't think that card's too good for. I think what Blazing Shoal would do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? You think I, it would push it that far? Uh, I think that Blazing Shoal. I think that we saw how Ragavan pushed mm-hmm. your need to answer a creature on turn one down into the basement. Mm-hmm. I feel like for a stretch of time there, people, especially during Luris Ragavan decks. People were pushed and said, you have to be able to answer a creature on turn one. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, you need to be able to answer a creature on turn one. And think about that time and think about how many times Ragavan still got through. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And I know the joke is that Ragavan doesn't have death touch for players, but a Blazing Shoal Pitch Progenitus Glistener Elf would have death touch for, for players. That would just be like, ah, do this. Okay, I can go smoke now. <laughs> but is that really the only reason you picked it? Well, that's the reason I pick every deck in modern. <laughs> can I just, just finish this so I can go outside? <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna be outside of this stinky room. <laughs> All right. Well, for mine, it's an artifact. Okay, an artifact. Is it Arkham's Astrolabe? No, it's uh mana value is four. Band card artifact cmc4 is it kci it has an activated ability that costs mana is it a creature no okay so non-creature artifact cmc4 
activated ability that costs mana is it is it colorless no is it birthing pod <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> now I, I i will admit i i really do love this card like i've said on the podcast multiple times i am a yogmoth stan i love that mm-hmm. deck so much uh, I do love Birthing Pod. I wasn't really playing competitively or really there for like the standard or even when it was in modern. For like putting aside my biases and stuff, I really think it would be. I'm not as worried about Birthing Pod in the modern format as I used to be. And w- if it got unbanned, awesome. I'm throwing a Yogmoth. If it stays on the ban list, it's not the end of the world. But you can. You know, be the party pooper and just tell me, Kyle, you're fucking crazy. Birthing Bod should should never be in modern. But I think, you know, it it could see the light of day in modern at some point. I think it's one of those cards that is low reward and high risk. And I think that's yeah. true of a lot of cards on the ban list. Mm-hmm. I think personally that it would be fine. But I also think that there's way too much stuff banned in modern. Yeah. Just, like... I feel like I feel like present day modern, you could cut half the cards that are on the ban list off of it, and it would not meaningfully change. Yeah, that, that's fair. And I I also think Watsi just doesn't want to deal with that or like really crunch the numbers in order. Yeah, they to don't want to go Gari do Grave Troll it up again. Yeah, that that's that's the biggest thing. They made such an egregious mistake <laughs> with just hey, let's just give dredge players more dredge things. You know, like what's the worst that can happen? But um, here mm-hmm. here here for for. Let's like give give it the the Stone Forge line. Like over Stone Forge is like too too good, and like under Stone Forge would be like yeah, it's unbannable. Where would you think Birthing Pod is along that axis? I think Birthing Pod in present modern is a significantly worse card than Stone Forge Mystic is in present modern. Okay, with with that with with that, I, th- I think it I, th- I think it would be fine, you know, because mm-hmm. Stone Forge. I mean Stone Forge. The thing they were worried about was just like, oh, you can just get Batter Skull and then cast it on turn three. Like, no one's doing oh, that anymore. Skull. Yeah, nobody's doing Batter Skull anymore. They're doing Hammer and Shadow Spear and Cauldron Complete yeah. stuff. <laughs> also, like, no one's going to play Kitchen Finks with this fucking card anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't do stuff like that anymore. Like, no. you can't, you can't be like, I'm going to resolve a birthing pod and then just go up the chain. Yeah, no. Like, you have to be doing combo pod stuff in order for you to justify just spending three mana and two life or four mana and two and four life for an instant activation to not directly impact the board. Like you need to be mm-hmm. like the threshold of what is a good turn three play is, or a turn two play is so much higher. Like yes. even if you're like dork into pay the Phyrexian cost to get this into play on two into activate it on three with the dorks mana and get a two drop you're on turn three, you've got a two drop and your opponent has been attacking with a Ragavan. This entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, like can't. Yeah. I, I, I really think if birthing pod gets unbanned, it only sees play in Yogmoth. Like that's the only feasible deck yeah. I could really see it being played. Also, I just, I just want to activate birthing pod on my strangle root and go get a grist. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I want to do that. Let me do that. <laughs> I don't care if I get blown out by all the artifact removal and artifact hate. I get paired against Tron and cry even more because they play four four mana card and I can't use my birthing pot. <laughs> Man, as far as decks that are seem well equipped to deal with four mana Karn, 
I, I would, I would, I would, I think I would rate Yawgmoth higher. They've just got so much garbage creatures to just like throw out there and be like, ah, attack you with a young wolf. Put yeah. on some pants, you golem. <laughs> so, like we, we've talked about this when, when Karn isn't wearing pants, he's too good. Mm-hmm. If Absolutely. Karn is not wearing pants in the artwork, he is busted. If he's wearing pants or like a little like shawl thing, like he's, he's ass. <laughs> yep. More ass equals less ass. There is an inverse correlation between ass and ass in this situation. <laughs> if Karn is hanging dong, he's going to be nutty. Oh, I like that. If Karn's hanging dong, he's going to be nutty. Uh... I think you and I have a rare weekend off. Like, yeah, because true, true weekend off. Because Indy weekend. isn't doing any uh, one day events, so nobody's really going for like a Saturday or Sunday. And I got um, I got some plans with friends and and whatnot. But uh, the mm-hmm. weekend after this, we got another RCQ modern, uh, if I believe. <sighs> yep. So did you just remember we're doing that? <laughs> No, I gasped. I was in such <gasps> shock that it was a modern. RCQ modern? Ha- oh, wow. I, I couldn't even believe in, in this economy. <laughs> modern. But yeah, yeah. I think uh, I'm, I'm still going to be playing Merktide. Um, are you still on, on Living End? Or are you going to change gonna it up? I'm going to stick with Living End. Okay. I'm going to stick. It just compresses your decisions down so hard mm-hmm. um, into such so few decision points. Um, I really am very much enjoying the gameplay like a lot a lot on mm-hmm. it i'm in, i'm enjoying the decisions mm-hmm. um and i think there are a lot of percentage points that i can still pick up in the deck mm-hmm. and i've been having a bunch of near misses with it with me playing it what i feel is pretty suboptimally so i want to kind of keep putting in the reps with it and keep getting better with it and see if i i, I don't think i need very many to get myself over the bump just a few yeah, I would agree. You know, you've had you've had what like four or five with it now or more. I've had I've I have I have either lost my win in it or lost at some point in top 8 with living end seven comp REL events in a row. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like I feel like I'm I feel like I'm I feel just like on I'm the verge, yeah. Push. Mm-hmm. Um I just need to get more reps in with it and find find the if I can pick up like five more percentage points, I know it's an arbitrary number, but mm. I feel like if I can pick up five more percentage points, I'm putting myself in a really good position. Awesome. Yeah. Um, in non-magic shit, though, Ooh. the New York Liberty. All right. Have just signed best player in the world, Brianna Stewart, as a free agent. Oh, no shit. Really? Mm-hmm. Have signed best center, best power forward in the world, John Quell Jones and signed best point guard in the world. Courtney Vandersloot <laughs> and Anthony's happy they, as hell. <laughs> they are an honest to goodness, super team. I put my, my sports bet in like sports betting and on them early, early when they were plus 1500. Oh shit. My bet has been locked in because I've been following that free agency like crazy they are currently the favorites to win. Yo, that's sick. And I bet a decent amount of money on it. So hopefully they don't disappoint me. And, <laughs> I, and you know, come September WNBA finals, I'll be I'll be being able to get paid out handsomely for that. 
Although they have picked up the rather unfortunate nickname of the Vanilla Villains. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> because through this free agency, you have ended with the I'd say top three white players in yep. the league. Yeah, on the team, so they are the Vanilla Villains. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna be it's gonna be a showdown. Oh yeah! I'm I need them to make it to the finals because I want to take a flight to Brooklyn and then a flight to Vegas to go and watch those finals so bad. oh yeah we'll, we'll be on anthony watch if that if that happens <laughs> yeah god help me <laughs> hey katie's pitch worked <laughs> yeah kevin durant successfully convinced brianna stewart to show up and then after brianna stewart signed with new york john ja morant from the memphis grizzlies tweeted where's slooty and then courtney <laughs> vandersloot signed the next day <laughs> oh my god Oh, I love it. So that's hyped about that. Anything cool coming up? No, for you just uh, just hanging out with some good friends coming into town. Probably gonna just watch some college basketball and drink beer and be merry and kind of turn my brain off because I won't be playing Merktide for eight hours in a day. So hey, you know what? That sounds like a win to me. Hey, it's, I'm taking a break, and it's going to be a fun time. And hey, the All Star break for NHL is happening, and then we're going to get closer to the trade deadline, and then the playoffs. I'm just the uh, go bolts forever. We're trying to get to the the Lightning Mafia four straight trips <laughs> to the finals, and uh, I'm saying this in a house with a Boston fan. So I hope she doesn't murder me. <laughs> if I go missing, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> I will be her alibi. I'll lie for her. Oh, yeah. That, that I'll che- help her bar- bury the body. Yeah, that checks out. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle. Into the sinkhole with you. I'm introducing myself on the next no, episode. No, don't destroy my target land. <laughs> Signing off from Lexington, I'm Kyle. I'm Anthony. And until next week, do us a favor. Stay trashy, my friends.